Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Isaac, and you are about to watch a sermon from our new series, Once Upon a Time. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus would always share what it's like to be a member of the Kingdom of God through what we know as parables. And uh, we want to be able to have these sermons be able to articulate the Gospel in a powerful way through the parables of Jesus. And we know every single week people from uh, the YouTube family or from our church family are being blessed by these sermons. And if uh, you're being blessed by this particular sermon, I encourage you, leave a comment, write something in the caption below. Uh, or also you could give financially to our church so that we could get these sermons out and be able to reach more people uh, for the glory of God. Uh, and you could do so on the link provided below. Thank you so much. God bless and enjoy the sermon. Uh, all right, here we go. Luke chapter 18. This is the final part of this series, Once Upon a Time, on the parables of Jesus. This has been uh, so amazing to be able to study these and talk about them in our life groups. And um, last week we looked at a parable in Luke chapter 18 on the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And uh, this week we're going to be looking at the one right before that. And uh, next Sunday... And we're going to be doing something so much fun. Uh, this is a great opportunity to invite some friends and family next week. Uh, we're having our, uh, our, our special service, our special series. We're calling it More Than a Melody. If you were here last year, we called it Broadway at the Shore, where we're going to be taking musicals and Broadway shows and, and kind of uh, choreographing the music to, to fit in with scripture and stories. And, and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at the musical The Greatest Showman. And we have some special music from that. It's going to be a, a production. It's really going to be special. And it, you're not going to want to miss it. And please invite some friends or family. Tell them that you're going to a show at the House of Independence. And, and just don't say a word. Say we'll grab lunch at Tallulah's afterwards. And I, I promise you it will be one of the best shows to ever take place at the House of Independence. No question about it. Um, you could put that on record, Jim. Um, it's going to be awesome. Music's going to be phenomenal. Uh, but first we have this week. Say I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Verse 1. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable. Uh, so Jesus, is, his audience is not the Pharisees, it's not the public, it's his church, it's his disciples. And he wanted to show them how they should always pray and never give up. And Jesus said, once upon a time, a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what other people thought. And uh, in that town, there was a, a widow and she kept coming to this judge relentlessly with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. Grant me justice. Grant me justice. Time and time and time again she would come. But for some time he would refuse. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care really what people think, yet because this widow keeps coming to me, keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she doesn't eventually come back and attack me. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and justice quickly. And when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord, for this first day of the week where we get to come to you, Lord God, and tell you how thankful we are, Lord God. But 
there's also some people in here this morning that, that have so many unanswered prayers in their life. So many things, so many people that they've been praying for, so many dreams that they've been praying for and pursuing. And many times we, we can feel like our, our cries, our pleas are, are falling on deaf ears. But God, I want to be able to bring an assurance from your word, Lord, that they do not fall on deaf ears, that you hear your people's cries. And I pray, Father, that we will be able to have a relentless prayer life, even in the face of disappointments, even in the face of chaos. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The title of uh, this message, I'm going to call it Push-Up Prayers. Push-Up Prayers. This widow woman was relentless in her pursuit of getting justice. And if, if you know anything about life, sometimes you have to be persistent. Sometimes you have to be determined. I heard one person say once that desperation can produce desire. Desire produces determination. Determination can bring you to your destiny. Yankees won last night, didn't they? Anybody see the game? So who, do we have any Yankee fans in, in this service? Or did I run them all out of the church last Sunday? I, I hope I didn't offend anybody by my Yankees comment last Sunday. I simply put that Mets fans have much more determination than Yankees fans because we've been through hell and you guys just get spoiled every year by Brian Cashman. But anyways, let's go Yankees. You heard it from the pulpit. Let's go. Win game two tonight. Go for it. Um, Babe Ruth. That, that's where I was going with this. Babe Ruth said, it is impossible to defeat one who refuses to give up. Uh, it was uh, about two weeks ago when Diamond and I, we were in California, and uh, Pastor Rhonda, uh, I don't know where Pastor Rhonda is, she's probably upstairs with, with, with Baby Dewey right there. Pastor Rhonda had to take care of all three of our children. And all three of our kids, they, they got this crazy schedule in the fall. If, if you're a, a parent, you understand you know, what it's like to... Take your kids here, there, karate lessons, soccer practice, dance, gymnastics. And Pastor Rhonda did a fabulous job running our kids around all over Wall Township and Monmouth County and didn't miss a break, didn't miss an appointment. And uh, there was uh, one, one that my mom had to take Lily to. It's her gymnastics. Lily is getting really good at gymnastics. She is so cute. I, like, I work on stretches with her all the time. She's almost able to do a split. And if you ask her, uh, Lily, will you do a split for me? She will anywhere, anywhere in the middle of the street in the middle of the stage, she will show you her split, so feel free to get her to practice with you. Uh, you know, she needs all the practice she could get. And so Tuesday nights, Lily has gymnastics, and we make this Tuesday night a family affair. Uh, we, we drop her off, and then uh, our whole family, uh, well, Lily's at gymnastics, me, Diamond, and Judah, we go and eat at Wegmans. And we always bring Lily back one thing. We always bring her back Chinese food. Loves Chinese food. Uh, we went over a friend's house for a Christmas dinner, and uh, we walk in, and uh, Lily says, I don't like any of the food that you have, Greg Smith. And, and, and then Greg Smith says, well, 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 what do you like, Lily? She says, Chinese food. You have any Chinese food here? Lo and behold, they had like some lo mein noodles in the fridge, and she had the best Christmas dinner ever, uh, Christmas in China. And so Lily loves Chinese food. That's <laughs> like an oxymoron, Christmas in China. Um, <laughs> if you say that in China, I think they might kick you out. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, um, and, and so Lily gets picked up from gymnastics by Pastor Rhonda, but Pastor Rhonda forgot one thing. She forgot the Chinese food. 
And Lily wasn't having it. Lily was screaming, Lily was crying, and was saying to Pastor Rhonda, every single time my mommy and daddy pick me up from gymnastics, they bring me Chinese food. And, and my mom thought she was just messing with her, but she would not stop. She was relentless. They got home, Pastor Rhonda said, and she was crying on the floor. I want Chinese food. And Pastor Rhonda tries to put her to bed. I'm not going to bed until I have Chinese food. And she was relentless, wasn't she, Pastor Rhonda? And finally, Pastor Rhonda broke and ordered takeout Chinese food delivered right to the door at 8.30 at night on a school night so Lily could enjoy her Chinese food and went into an MSG coma, I'm sure, that night. I know this is a bad example in parenting, but it, it is what this passage is talking about here, that, that there is something called persistent prayer. And prayer is, is such a vital, it's, it's who we are as Christians. It's our language. It's, it's part of our character. And, and I just, just want to ask a question. Who needs a better prayer life? All right, let me ask you, let me ask, who, who, who needs to pray less? I don't think I've ever met anyone like, man, I'm really praying too much. I got to cut back on my prayers this week. It's really, you know, I'm really going to God with way too much. No, no one ever says that. And prayers are, are powerful. 650 times in scripture, it, it talks about prayer. Uh, Jesus, 25 different times, one for every chapter in the Synoptic Gospels, he went to pray. He went to God in prayer alone. Prayer is so important, and yet some of us, we, we struggle with it, myself included. It, it's something a lot of times that, that, that we just don't do. It's not part of our routine. It's not part of our life, and yet it is a vital characteristic of being a Christian. And, and I thought to myself, you know, why don't we pray? And, and this, these were just four things that I thought of that reasons why we don't pray enough. I'm not sure how to pray. Do I, do, do I have to pray a certain amount of time? Do I have to pray the right way? Is there a certain place that I have to pray? I'm not sure how. I thought about how a lot of us, we get bored or distracted when we pray. This is me. Like, I have an ADD prayer life. I have a confession to make. I, I, I'll be in prayer, and then like two minutes into prayer, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot to get the butter from the grocery store. Diamond's going to kill me. Or, uh, oh, oh my gosh, I, I, I got this deadline, or, 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 or this bill I got to pay. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I, I was so into prayer, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Uh, we think our prayers are too petty for God. They're not important to God. Uh, God has better things to do. There's, there's so much bigger things God needs to worry about. Or number four, uh, we don't think our prayers really make a difference. God is just going to do what he wants to do anyway, and, and what difference do my prayers really make? I, I prayed one time, and it didn't happen, so uh, uh, what, what difference does it really make? And, and I pray through this sermon that we're going to answer those four, four questions, address them. Uh, just a, a point I want to make. When we pray regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. Coincidence happens when you pray and make it part of your life. And I, I thought of how when we pray, God wants us to be creative with our prayers. Prayers aren't cookie cutter. I don't pray the same way that Rick Hankins prays. 
I don't pray the same way that Diamond prays. I have my own language. I have my own way of communicating with God because that's what prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God and every one of us have a different way to communicate with God and a different way to communicate with each other. I look at, at my kids, my son Judah and my daughter Lily, they communicate completely differently. Their prayers are completely different. And I, I found this video of, of my kids. We gave them an opportunity to pray and, and we caught it on, on video and, and just want to show real quickly uh, just an example of how different we are in communicating with God. If we could run that Hi video. Hi guys. Because whenever you're scared, Jesus is with you is with you all the time. time. Even in bed, he's with you. Angels protect you. So you never have to be scared. Yeah! yeah. Alright, Lily, your turn. Get up there and do your sermon. Alright, here's Lily. Next. Hey, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Hi, baby. We opening what is the day of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is good. Jesus is good because you are good. And he believes in you because you are too. God made you. And one more word for you. God is God! <laughs> Amen! Amen, baby! <coughs> different. We, <laughs> we all have a different way of communicating with God. And it's totally cool however you communicate with God. You don't, it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's a creative way to express what is going on in your heart. I, I love the way uh, David put it in Psalms chapter five. Uh, David shares about how he would pray. He would say, uh, verse one, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Consider my cry. Consider my hurt. Sometimes just communicating with God is just venting, just sharing with him what is on your heart. It doesn't have to be a, a, a prepackaged prayer. You don't have to pray like me. You don't have to use religious words in order to pray. It is just communicating with God. Hear my cry for help. You are my king and my God. Make it personal. He's not just a God. He's my God. He's my master. And for you, to you, I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. God hears your voice, and I lay my requests before you and wait expectingly. Wait in expectation for God to move on your behalf. God hears your voice. Growing up, I, I, I in a lot of ways, um, wasn't taught this directly because I, I went to something uh, called Catholic high school. Anyone want to go to Catholic high school? And so I remember I'd be on the bus, and, uh, and we, we would be uh, going to our games on the bus. We'd be going to play like, like, like CBA. And I remember in, in, in high school, um, we, we'd be doing the rosary on the bus. And, and, and so I, I had to, <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is how we get pumped for games at St. Rose. Like, we don't listen to ACDC. We don't, we don't listen to Van Halen. We uh, say the rosary, you know. And, and so we got our beads and, and you know, Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee, blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy own Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Next beat. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, blessed are thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy own Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is... And, and, and like this is how we're getting pumped for games, but that, that is, is not how prayer has to be. 
Prayer is communicating with God. It's, it's not, uh, you know, I got to get on my hands and knees before bed and, and it has to be done in a certain place and I have to use words like, like, like holy and, and glory and, and, and anointing and, and all-consuming power of God. Like, like sometimes you just need to be yourself. You know, I, I thought of this one of my favorite movies, and, and this is like a prayer scene for a lot of us. It's a, from a movie uh, called Meet the Parents. If we could just run that real fast. Greg, would you like to say grace? Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know that. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace in many... A dinner table. It's okay. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day, day by day by day. Oh, Dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> Like Greg Fokker, and you know, in your life, where, like, how do I do this? I'll, I'll just pray, you know, with some real Christianese kind of words, and, and maybe it'll, it'll fit together. But that's not that's that's not prayer. I, I think a lot of us are intimidated by prayer because we think it has to be done a certain way. But I, I pray that we could break out of this prayer bondage. This, this tradition that has tried to be put on us is this is the only way, the only place, the only type of words you could use when you pray. No, prayer is communicating with God. It's opening up your heart to God. It's having a, a conversation with God. Uh, number one, the, the first thing we have to do, I, I believe, is we need to learn to pray honest, gut-wrenching prayers before the Lord. I, I mean, sometimes you, you go out with with, with your friends or you're going out to eat and, and you know, I'm, I'm with somebody, say I'm with, I'm with Uncle Rich and, and, hey, what's up, Uncle Rich, how you doing? You know, great, great game last night. Boston Red Sox, my Uncle Rich is from, from New England. Red Sox are awesome, Patriots. Oh, God, they're still undefeated. Drives me crazy. Uh, but it's time, now it's time to pray. You know, oh, sweet Lord of hosts, God be with me. I just pray that your anointing will be on this food. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, could you pass the pepper? And God's like, who was that person that just prayed? It's like we put on our prayer voice, we put on our prayer act. God wants honesty before him. 
We don't have to put an act on before God. We don't have to use prayer as, as, as some strange part of our life that has no connection to who we really are. No, God is comfortable with who you are. God wants you to pray honestly. God wants to pray with the real Isaac, with the real diamond, that person to talk to them in the way, in your voice, in the way you communicate. Uh, and, and so it, it's, it's something that we need to learn to pray, gut-wrenching, honest prayers. About three weeks ago, uh, there was a, a woman that has been coming to our church for, for a few months now, and they, they absolutely love our church, and told me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist. Uh, I'm slowly drifting towards agnostic. Uh, I don't believe in God. Uh, I, I really have a problem with God, but somebody invited me here, and I don't know what it is, but I come into this church, and, and just, I get overwhelmed with emotions. I, I, I feel so amazing when I leave this church, and, and I'm not there yet, Pastor Isaac. I'm not there yet, but, but sometimes I come into this church, and, and I feel better than when I smoke a joint at, at home. I feel better in the house of God, and I say, that's awesome that you could be that honest with your pastor. You could be that honest with God. That you know what, God, I still have some doubts. I'm not there yet, but God, show me your compassion. Show me who you are. Give me something in my life, God. I want a relationship with you. If you cry out to God with gut-wrenching honesty, he will hear your cries, and you just come and come to him with determination. Keep coming. That's what I told her. She's like, I don't believe in God yet. I said, just keep coming. Just keep coming every single week, and God will reveal himself to you in a new way every single time, and then and you'll have that moment where the lights finally come on and God is okay with your honesty. Listen to how David prayed. I, I love this. This is David, a man after God's own heart. Psalms chapter 55, he said, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts are troubling me and I am distraught because of what my, my enemies are saying, because of the threats that are going on in my life, for they bring me down and they bring suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. Listen to the honesty of David. Like, I'm hurting God. People are coming against me. Do you see what's going on in my life? Do you hear my cries, God? He says, terror and death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I mean, that's, that's a real prayer right there. That's real prayer. It, it, it's not, blessed the Lord for these gifts that I'm about to receive in Jesus' name, amen. It's God, this is my heart. This is what is going on in my life. It's raw, it's open, and, and it's so important to be able to have your own prayer language. And there's moments where maybe you don't even know how to pray, and that's where the, the Bible talks about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where you could speak in other tongues when you don't know how to pray within your own soul. God can give you your own prayer language to pray honest prayers. It's not fancy, but it's honest. Uh, number two, in your prayer life, if it matters to you, it matters to God. This, this woman, this widow woman, she had this injustice that was being done to her. And she wasn't afraid to take it to the ruler. She wasn't afraid to be persistent about what she was going through. So often we, we think, oh, it, it, it doesn't matter to God. You know, it, it's, it's too petty for God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. How bad of a father would I be if my daughter or, or Judah was going through something and it was, it was emotional for them, it was hard for them, but I thought, that, that this is little kids' problems. It doesn't concern me. I'm, 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 I'm senior pastor at Shore Christian Church. 
No, I'd be a horrible father. I'd be a horrible person. But I'm a good father because I'm concerned about even the little things that are going on in my, my children's life. I remember it was, it was a few years ago, uh, our kids really wanted to go to, to Disney World. Uh, and, and so I, I'm not a big Disney World guy. And so we had this, this whole vacation planned uh, to St. Martin. So it was about 2016. We're excited to go to St. Martin. And we had it all planned out. We had the tickets booked. My mom was coming. Tony and Kathy Bella were coming. It was going to be the first vacation. We took it a long time. And, and the kids were like, we want to go to Disney World, Daddy. And so I, I just told them just to kind of take it off my shoulder and put it on God's shoulder. I said, why don't you just pray about that, kids? So you, you would thought like, like Pentecost had arrived at, at the Friedel residence. Like these kids were like casting out demon spirits, like, like in Jesus' name, like, like speaking crazy. And, you know, Lily's like rapping her prayers because that's how Lily prays. And, and it, it was crazy. And, and lo and behold, a few months later, um, St. Martin got hit by a, a, a tropical storm. And the hotel that we were staying at had damage, and we couldn't go to the hotel, so we had to call them, get our tickets refunded. And, and then at that, that point, I'm like, man, it's like we're going to Disney World after all. Uh, but I, I complain, I'm like, it's too expensive. Hotels at Disney World are crazy. Diamond's like, that's all right, I got that taken care of. Ron and Luz Betlow said that they could have, we could have their timeshare and not even have to pay for a hotel room while we're there. I'm like, oh my gosh. God, I guess thank you. Okay, okay, everybody else is, but, but you, you would think that's too petty. I want to go to Disney World. God, what is important to you is important to God. And take, if, if you're struggling at work with your boss, pray about it. If you have a big test coming up, study and then pray about it. BT Dub, prayer is not an escape go to do hard work. BT Dub. <laughs> uh, if, if you're having problems in your marriage, pray about it. If you get a bad report from the doctor, pray about it. If you have someone in your family that you're getting in an altercation with and you don't know how to forgive them, you don't know how to handle the situation, pray about it. And kids, if you want to go to Disney World, <laughs> pray about it. And number, number three, and finally, number one, communicate with God with gut-wrenching honesty. Number two, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And number three, pray continually. Pray continually. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. What a great mantra to live life by. I mean, if you could just get those three things right, that's it. Like on the refrigerator, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all seasons of life. If you could do that, man, think about the joy that you could have. Think about the success that you could have in life. You might not be able to, 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 to make $100 million, but you'd be able to live like you do with more joy than people that actually have that. If you could just get those three things right, pray continually, right in the middle. God's saying right in the middle of your life, right in the middle of your marriage, right in the middle of your job, right in the middle of your family is pray continually. But Pastor Isaac, I have an ADD prayer life. Can I help you? Yes, okay, all right, thank you. One person is not asleep. Okay, okay, can I help you? 
Because that, I have an ADD prayer life. Like my wife, Diamond, she could pray like 20 minutes straight. My mom, my mom's real, she could pray like 45 minutes straight. I mean, just focus, locked in. Me, I could barely go five. So this is what, so how do you pray continually if you have an ADD prayer life? This is what you do. This is what I do. This was life-changing for me. This changed my relationship with God when I got this. Is praying continually doesn't mean I got to sit down in one place and pray continually for 45 minutes straight. What I learned to do is I pray two minutes, 20 times a day. And you know what? That was revolutionary in my prayer life. Where, where I'm on my way, I'm praying on my way to church. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the bathroom, I'm praying. I, I'm before bed, I'm praying. In the shower, I'm praying. I'm not on my face 20 minutes at a time. I, I can't do that. I'm sorry, but God knows me. He has grace for me in that area. But it is on my mind. I talk to God all the time. And you can too. Stop using your ADD as an excuse for you not to pray. I love the way Smith Wigglesworth put it like this. He said, I have never prayed for an hour straight, but I never go an hour without praying. Who could do that? I'm not going to go an hour without praying. I might not be praying for five, but I'm going to acknowledge God. I'm going to talk to God every hour of every day that my eyes are open. Whatever you're praying for, this is the key. This is the, the crux of, of my sermon. You need to learn how to do push-up prayers. Push-up prayers. Push and pray. Push, pray until something happens. Say, say that with me. Pray until something happens. One more time. Pray until something happens. That's it. Pray, pray. I'm going to pray until God changes my situation or God changes me and gives me a new perspective to see this situation a different way. But I'm not going to stop praying until something changes. I'm not going to give up on what I'm praying for. I'm going to be like the, the children of Israel circling around the walls of Jericho. I'm not going to stop circling in prayer until I see these walls come down. So many of us, we stop on six. We stop right before the breakthrough was about to come. Don't stop praying. You circle that family member in prayer. You circle that son or daughter in prayer. You circle that dream in prayer. You circle that building in prayer and say, I'm going to pray continually until I see God move in my life. I'm going to pray until something happens. And if you can get that revelation, you're going to be just like this woman, this woman that God talked about, Jesus spoke of. You want to know how to pray? Be like this woman. And, and, and you, you feel like you're getting a no you feel like you're being ignored by God, don't stop until something happens. God hears your plea. He hears your cries. And you have to trust him enough to know that he knows just the right time to unleash that blessing in your life when you're ready for it and you can handle it. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep actively praying and expecting that tomorrow is the day that that breakthrough comes in my life. This is who we are as Christians, we pray. We talk to ourselves like crazy people. But I know that there's someone listening. That there's a good, good father that hears my cries, that hears my pleas. 
we had an amazing night last night. Night of dreams. Heard some of the most inspiring testimonies I think I ever heard. Um, if you were there, man, there was not a dry eye in the house to see what the Lord has done. And our Dream Center, the reason it was birthed and the reason it's still standing is because of prayers. It was 2012, September. And I don't remember specifically the circumstances surrounding this unction to pray within our church, but there was a 24-hour prayer meeting that we had. I remember Jane DiDonato was there. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't last 24 hours. <laughs> I, I did my ADD prayers, but I was there. And, and I remember there was a moment I was there and, and we were praying for Asbury Park and we were praying for this church and there was a, a woman in this church, some of you may know her, her name is Linda Ayala. And she had this word of knowledge. And it was this beautiful moment at like 2.30 in the morning. And, and the, the, the word was, Pastor Isaac, you are called to be the watchman on the wall. To stand in the gap for those during a disaster. And I was half asleep, but I woke up when this word came over me. And it just rung in my head. Sometimes something somebody says to you, it just stays in your head for some reason. And there were so many great prayers that night, but that was the one that stuck in my head. You are the watchman on the wall. You're going to stand in the gap during a disaster. And that was September 2012. We had just incorporated the Dream Center just a couple months ago. We didn't have any space. We didn't have any partners. We didn't have any people. And it was, I guess it was about a month later, is when Hurricane Sandy hit the Jersey Shore, October of 2012. And our house was no power, and, and it was the, Diamond was pregnant. We had Judah at the time. He was just an infant. And so we, we went to go stay with some family members uh, that were in western New Jersey so that we could have some warmth. And, and so... Uh, we we kind of we got out of here because we, we didn't have any power. There was a blizzard and all, all this craziness. And, and, and so I remember it was the, the second night that we were staying at our friend's house and seeing everything on the news. And, and I remember that word was ringing in my head. Couldn't sleep. I'm next to Diamond. We're in somebody else's house. I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't get this word out of my head. I feel like this word was for this moment. You are the watchman on the wall to stand in the gap for those during a disaster. And that moment, it just like came upon me. Like, this is God's calling for, for us and for our church. This is our city. This is, this is where we're called. We don't have any resources. We don't have a center. We don't have any food. But I just know we, we, we got to be out there. And, and that was the moment that, that just the light bulb went off. And, and I, I've sent out like one Facebook message, put it out there. And, and within just a couple days, we, we had trucks pulling up to our garage from California, from Michigan. We had people donating to us from, from all over the country. Uh, the Dream Center, this organization that was started three months ago, was on News 4, Channel 12 News. All the relief efforts that we were doing, we were gutting people's houses. We were feeding entire hotels across the Jersey Shore. And from that moment, the Jersey Shore Dream Center was birthed 
and exploded on the scene. It has inspired so many people from that moment, but it was birthed not out of a marketing campaign, not, not out of government money, but out of prayer. When you pray, shut up and listen. Some of you, yeah, that's your biggest problem, is you think prayer is all about you talking. That's a piece. The most important piece is you listening to the leadings of God. My parents, they wanted to have a, a baby so bad, and they were running into some problems with conception. And they had the whole entire church praying for a baby boy. And I, I don't know where this came from. Maybe you, I, I got to get this from you after the service, mom. But, but my mom said that they heard from God that they were going to have a blonde-haired baby boy. And if you see my mom without her hair being dyed and my, my dad, jet black, like straight Elvis, black hair. And, and they heard from God, we're going to have a blonde-haired baby. And they prayed and they struggled. And they struggled with, with conception and they struggled. And, and 35 years old they were and, and no baby. Everybody else in the church was having babies, having babies, multiple babies, all these babies. And, and let me tell you, if you know something about prayer and, and what you're praying for, somebody else gets, that's not easy. That's not easy. And you're praying for a baby and someone sneezes and has a baby? I mean, that's hard. That's gut-wrenching. That's when you have to be honest with God and say, God, I don't understand what's going on. I know that this is your will. This is our, the desires of our heart. We know that you're going to give us a blonde-haired baby. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And they pray, had the whole church praying. And lo and behold, God spoke to them and said, you're, you're to adopt this baby from Washington State. And they, they didn't ask, are the parents, do the parents have blonde hair? They just knew, no matter if the parents got blonde hair, green hair, black hair, whatever kind of hair, that baby's going to have blonde hair. Because that's what God said. And our baby's going to have blonde hair. And I was born and I had bright red carrot colored hair. And they pray, prayed that red hair off. And then the blonde hair came in right after that. Because <laughs> there's something about relentless prayers. Pray until something happens. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if you're able to. Amen. If you say, God, I need a better prayer life, just lift up your hand right now. Yes. Lord, you, you see these hands, you know these hearts, Lord God. God, I pray that you will release a new prayer life in every single person of Shore Christian Church. That prayer will be a part of our daily routine. I eat, I breathe, and I pray. I eat, I breathe, and I pray. That we won't be intimidated to talk to you about what we're going through. We won't try and mask what we're going through, but be honest with you, God. God, I am struggling with this sin so badly. I feel like I just can't overcome it in my own strength. I need your grace. God, I feel so ashamed. God, I, I feel so broken. God, I feel so frustrated. God, I don't know why I get angry so often. I don't understand why my temper is so short. God, I need your grace. So often we pray like Paul, take this away. 
But God, God wants to give His grace to you, where He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I'm gonna strengthen you. You just keep circling those kids in prayer. But you don't know how long it's been. Pray until something happens. We don't ever get to give up on our children. You don't understand how, how annoying and rebellious my husband is. You pray until something happens. You just keep unleashing those prayers. And if it's got to be one minute at a time, ten times a day, then that's me. But I'm going to be someone who prays continually. And God, I pray, Father, that we will begin to to hear testimony after testimony of breakthrough after breakthrough of what relentless prayer can do. What breakthroughs can come through relentless prayers. What strongholds can come down through relentless prayers. And, and, and God, sometimes those prayers need to change us. That those prayers that aren't supposed to change our circumstances, but sometimes the most powerful prayers you could pray are the ones that don't change the people around you, but they're the ones that change the person within you. God, change me. Give me a new perspective to see what is all around me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.